Dojo, Dynamite 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 Dojo, with Rich and Ashley. Hey guys, this is Ashley and Rich here with episode 34 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Sunday, June 14th. We had a rough night of sleep because there was this giant spider running circles around our ceiling. So it wasn't a giant spider. <laughs> Not like Australia giant. So, so don't, don't confuse people here. <laughs> it really wasn't a giant spider. It was pretty big. It was big. a big spider. It was pretty big. It wasn't a giant spider. But yes, you woke us up super early. We had to come back into the living room because now that room is completely off limits. Well, you tried to kill it and missed. I was... To be fair... Tired. It was also like behind the TV in like a weird So I missed spot. I missed the spider. It's pathetic. I tried to hit it with a shoe. I missed the spider. The spider fell off the ceiling. At that point, that was it. We don't know where it went. Of course, we don't know where it went. And we left. I live in the living room now. This is where I'm going to stay. We have a new safe space. Yeah. Damn. And then you went in there. You I woke up. You proceeded to open every window to get the most light so you can spot this thing. I don't know where it is. This is the adventure of today. Don't the adventure of today was that we had to fight a spider at 7 o'clock in the morning. Ashley and Rich, zero, spider, one. Fuck. <laughs> but here we are, ready to provide you with another Dynamite recap, and we've got some New Japan news today. Very exciting. Yeah, I believe the New Japan Cup starts today. The 14th. No. 17th. So, I thought um, it was today. No, the 15th tomorrow, oh, well, okay. leading into the early hours of us uh, in America, there is a like surprise show. Um, is no the card. LA show? Huh? Is the LA show? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Um, there's no card announced. Uh, New Japan's going to be back, though. And then Tuesday, the 16th, is when the New Japan Cup starts. Really cool. Really cool things coming up. I could have sworn it said the 14th on that, on that bracket, but I... Guess no, I was wrong. It's the sixteenth. Okada versus Gato. This is the only one that you're highlighting. There are there, there's many matches occurring. Fantastic first round matches on this card. And you are highlighting Gato versus Okada because what? Okada's gonna get his revenge? Gato's gonna get his revenge. Why would why would Gato get revenge? There's so much Okada? story involved in this one. That doesn't make sense. Why would Gato get the revenge against Okada? Oh shit, that match is on the 17th. Yeah, that, that is the 17th. It's not the first match. The first day we got Makabe versus Tsuji, Ishii versus El Desperado, and Yano versus Jado. Are these all filmed or are these going to be like live? And Honma versus Hiromu Takahashi. Are, are all of these events being taped? Like is the whole first round being taped and aired on different days? We don't know how it's being structured. We know the AEW was live. All right, we're going to jump into the recap now. <laughs> this week's Dynamite opened with 
Butcher and Blade versus FTR. This match was fantastic. This match was great. FTR immediately made them made their presence felt. FTR came out, showed exactly what they had in WWE, showed exactly what they did in NXT, and they kept a high phonetic pace. Cash Wheeler's looking bulky. Quarantine. Little heavyweight Osprey going on. These guys were moving great. Butcher and Blade had their best match to date. I thought the match was everything and more. Everything that they advertised. Yeah, this was everything everything I expected, but somehow I was still blown away by it. Uh, like you said, it was, it was fast-paced. It was hard-hitting. But there was nothing flashy about it. Uh, Jericho on commentary, he, he referred to it as... Uh, Smash Mouth, Meat and Potatoes, uh, just a wrestling match. It's almost a modern day, because, I mean, in the sense, it, it was Smash Mouth, was Meat and Potatoes, but it was fast. So Very it, fast. It was flashy in its own sense. It, was a, it was a flashy sense, yeah. sense of how quickly they moved back and forth. I thought that FTR looked great, and I like that FTR has jumped right into doing the pile driver, the top rope spike. I'm glad they jumped right into that, because it's stuff that they can't do in the WWE. And I'm glad they jumped right into the opportunity of doing the spike pile driver. I thought this was a very, very strong showing of both teams. Um, it was just, it was a wrestling match. No shenanigans. And then, it, and then it broke out into mayhem. No shenanigans. Clean finish. Broke out into mayhem. It did, because uh, at the end, uh, after FTR gets their first, uh, first win in their first match in AEW... They're greeted by the Young Bucks in, I guess, their first proper introduction. And Matt Jackson has no business hearing about them not being the best tag team in the world. Nick is just happy to have everybody there. He's, you know, he's ready to get back on the road. Excuse me. Matt is like, no, we are the best tag team in the world. You are not. But with the 10-man tag, no, it's not really a 10-man tag, but the 10 people, the five tag teams that got involved here, the Super Bad Death Squad, you had Hangman and Kenny, you had Butcher and Blade, you had FTR, with all of the groups that were involved in this little scrum, I do have to say that it could set up for a gauntlet of some sort. It could, an opportunity or to some, see something like that. some sort of other tournament, maybe. Um, that segment alone, that's not even half of their tag teams. But it's showing you the the depth and richness of the roster. I don't know what they're going to do, but it was very exciting. Not having the opportunity to have Death Triangle around, not having the opportunity to have the Lucha Brothers is obviously disappointing. Lucha Brothers are great. Yeah, we enjoy watching them, but it gives a platform to some of the other tag teams that are getting opportunity, like the Super Bad Death Squad. Because I'm a big Kip Sabian fan. And I'm a big and I th I think Jimmy utilizing, Havoc fan. Utilizing Kip Sabian another platform similar to what they're doing with Dustin and QT Marshall, just giving another platform for one of the guys that I like makes me happy. <laughs> Gets them on television. I agree. I agree. Again, there's only so much time, and... It's a bias. Of course. Of course it's a bias. But it's the fact that I enjoy watching these guys. I like Kip Sabian. I don't know where he really fits in right now. Right. So I'm glad that he's in this tag team. It fits. It, he's fitting in with the group that he's in. He was given a good platform during the quarantine, and he kind of fit in there. Penelope's played a big role, Jimmy Havoc. But during this match, we had Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard both taking notes. 
hinting towards something potentially, and then Sean Spears sitting in the back. Just staring a death a death ray in the back of Tully's head. This poor man. What the hell? <laughs> um He's just told to sit and shut up. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to giving grades. Uh this match and this whole opening segment, I'm gonna give an A. Yeah, this was an A. This I loved it. I thought a, it was a good match. It was a great way to get FTR back. They didn't lose a step. They were ready to go. I think they were chomping at the bit. They were ready to get back and do some work. And yeah. I think Butcher and Blade are the great pairing. It was a good matchup because I, I'm a big Butcher and Blade fan. For so sure. Giving them that opportunity, I'm I'm happy with it. I know we were talking uh, with Foul during the show. We we did we did a live watch along, and I had said, you know, it's really difficult to do this match because FTR needs to win to make an impact, but you don't want Butcher and Blade to fall too far into irrelevancy, but I thought they still looked super strong even in the loss. So I don't think anyone was hurt here. The key here is is something that Fal said. We mentioned it a couple of months back and you said it. It wasn't really we. You you had mentioned it. Do they need like a mid-card tag team title? And I think that in this instance, the six-man tag team title, which we plug every single week, is going to play that role. But again, even with the six-man tag team title, as we, we've discussed this at length too many times, I'm not going to go into it again, you're still leaving 10, 12 regular tag teams to be competing against one another in just the regular tag division, like Butcher and Blade, like Proud and Powerful, like Lay Sex Gods. You're still plugging all of these singles. I don't want to call them singles, but essentially traditional just a pair tags. Of traditional tags. Mm-hmm. You're putting them all together. They still have 12, 14 of them. Yeah, it's a loaded division. It's a loaded division. And the Dark Order's got like two different ones. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Ugh, time will tell, I'm sure. But really great opening to the show. And. Moving on with our tag team discussion, uh, next up we had ladies tag action. We had Penelope Ford and Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander and our women's champion, Hikaru Shida. This was another match I really enjoyed. Um, it was fast, uh, very physical, and I think this was Penelope's strongest showing. Well, Penelope got the win. She did. That's Penelope huge. So I'm, I'm assuming they're setting that up so Hikaru Shida will probably defend her first title defense against Penelope Ford, probably Fighter Fest. Probably, yeah, so maybe I'm, a Fighter sure Fest. they're gearing that up. You're only a couple weeks away now. We're only about three weeks away from Fighter Fest, so get ready. Check that out. Uh, two nights, two night event, July 1st, July 8th. But nonetheless, we always say it, and only one time really have they disappointed, but when you put four of the women together, tag team, fatal four ways, it always seems to be able to work a little bit better. And maybe it's because you get a smaller platform, and again, it's not it's not critical. But maybe because you get a shorter platform, a smaller platform for the women, that you get to just kind of see the highlights of what they give you. Especially with the people who are inexperienced, like Penelope Ford. You get a good highlight. But her match against Chris Statlander was very good at double or nothing. So, yeah, it again, it, it's, it's really the women's division right now is starting to really, really pick up. And you're seeing Statlander and Hikaru Shida kind of teaming together. Penelope Ford's going to get a position here against Hikaru Shida. Probably not going to win. But she's going to get a great platform for the title on live television. Britt Baker is completely relevant. And she's almost feuding with... Uh, a swole. Big swole. Big swole. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Big swole. And you have, you know, of course, her shtick going on. You also have some women that we haven't been able to see. Like Riho. 
She's not around right now. And, you know, they have other women be Priestley. And you also have Sadie Gibbs, who we haven't seen at all yet. Yeah. No, it's... There's a lot more to come with the women's division. And I feel with this match itself and everything that you mentioned, it's starting to click. Like, I, we, we talk about this repeatedly, but things are falling into place. The, the match had a lot of energy, good highlights of, of all of the women involved. And... I'm just super excited for the future of um, the AEW women's division. We're, we're trending in the right direction. Things just take time. And people have to have patience. It, it's one of the things about wrestling fans recently that they just don't have patience. You see it a kind of on a week-to-week basis when you you know the quarantine hits. And you know they were doing some of the best live television shows that we had ever seen. The but, run that they made was... Unbelievable. But it and, feels and, like that was years ago. And the live events that they run, because for some reason the live shows feel better than the taped shows. We've said this. So for everybody to forget about what Kenny Omega is capable of because of an eight-week quarantine that we were under. Come on, guys. The match between them and Best Friends, if Best Friends makes it, oh my God, we'll talk or about if Hangman that and Kenny make bit. it, because they got to face QT Marshall and Dustin next week. If they both make it to Fighter Fest, the match is going to be fantastic. This upsets me. You're on a big Greg Marachulo kick. Yes, I am. Ugh. All right. Strong showing for the ladies, though. Uh, I'll give this one an A minus. Uh, really enjoyed it. Thought it was strong and energetic. And again, the future is bright. Yeah, I I, I agree. A minus is good. Good grade. Before we get into the next match, we had a couple video packages in between. We had Darby with Tony Hawk. Darby can't get in the ring, but he's got a skateboard. Wasn't this kind of stupid? I mean, you know, Darby Allen is uh, not cleared to wrestle, not cleared to work. But skateboarding with Tony Hawk, in which he, Tony Hawk, I believe, broke a finger. Yeah, I believe he did. So obviously these things are occurring. They're, 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 they're bumping around. They're jumping. I don't know how skateboarding works. So I'm going to call it bumping around. I was a terrible skateboarder. I was a terrible, terrible skateboarder. I attempted it a couple of times. I, it, it was t- I scooted. I rode bikes. I could not skateboard. I also didn't really have flat land. I had a lot of hills. So imagine getting on a skateboard and just riding down the hill. No helmet on. Reckless child. Don't do that. Don't recommend. But... Darby's out there, says he's not cleared to wrestle, yet he's out there with Tony Hawk showing these displays. Isn't that, I, 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 the vignette is fine, the video's fine, Darby Allen does good vignettes. I thought that was so illogical. Just illogical. trying to get clearance to wrestle. But he's out there skateboarding, in which he could get hurt outside of the contract. He's also jumping off of balconies into pools. I'm not, I'm, I just, am I, am I missing this here? Like, I just don't understand what, I, I get it, he, he's, he's banned from wrestling, he's trying to show that he can get back and wrestle, but I, I understand maybe, maybe he's not around, I, I don't know. I, I'm not quite getting the logic behind why he's doing these death-defying stunts if he's not cleared to wrestle. They're not going to clear you to wrestle if you're literally putting yourself in position to get hurt. I think he's trying to get that clearance by showing he can do these crazy things. I know it's not the most logical, but it's not hurt yet. If, if, you take, if you take into example an actual sports organization, there are so many factors that get put into a contract. Can't surf, 
can't motorcycle, can't, you can't skateboard, all these types of things that you would not be allowed to do in your spare time because you have to perform on the field for the team paying you money. Doesn't this kind of defy all of that? So, like, if he if he gets hurt, does he just lose his AEW contract? Because, I, would, I mean, at this point... I would bet that Darby has skateboarding in his contract. He skateboards to the ring. We're trying to put logic to wrestling here. <laughs> it's not working. Loopholes. Potholes. 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 Potholes oh, on the road. That would hurt you, skateboarding. Oh, well, hey, you know what? You don't know what the fuck he's doing, so it could be. So, yeah, that's just, I guess, a way to keep him involved right now while he's not in the ring. Uh, the man scares me. So reckless. But, I don't know. Um, so we had that Darby Allen segment. Then we had another Dr. Britt uh, Baker video package, which you already touched on. Um, she's relevant. She's hilarious. She's building that beef with Swole over, you know, her personal struggles with her microbiology and her doctorate studies and um it's good it's really good stuff and it's a great way to keep her involved where she can't be in the ring right now she's also the female chris jericho and hey he turned out all right it's my favorite thing in wcw just hey that guy chris jericho (laughs) i wonder if he ever becomes something tony shivani said that right yeah it's like this guy could be a superstar. This guy could be a star one day. This guy could become something one day. I wonder if he ever does anything with himself. And now they're commentating together on AEW Dynamite. Speaking of Le Champion, this brings us to the next matchup of the night, which was a very great match, but one of the most disturbing segments that has ever occurred in AEW's history. I, I enjoyed this from top down. We were obviously going live with Foul. We were live on Wednesday night. We were covering this as it happened. And I enjoyed this match from the top down. We, we didn't have an opportunity because we got a little sidetracked. We were talking about, like, daisies and all the bunch of crap at the time. So we got a little sidetracked. We were unable to kind of give a good analysis on it. I want to say that now. I enjoyed this match. It was a six-man tag. Six-man tag, yeah. Proud and Powerful and Jake Hager versus Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. I, I enjoyed that. I thought this was a great matchup. Fantastic. Jake Hager's wrestling his older brother. Yep, Orange you have, Cassidy. <clears throat> yep, you have you have... Best Friends Against Proud and Powerful, which is a match that I'd watch every day of the week. And I, I do believe that we need more Proud and Powerful opportunity, like we've talked about before. We need to see Proud and Powerful in their element. And that is aggressive attacking against the tag team champions. If Mu- not tag team champ, main event level tag team. Much agreed, yeah. Um, this was this was really good, like you said, from, from top to bottom. Um, hard-hitting, aggressive, putting in the work. I mean, that's we, what they did here. They just, put in the work. I, yeah. I, I, the match was fun, a lot of flips, a lot of jumping out of the ring, a lot of things going on. But at what point, and we say this almost every week now because it's gotten to this point, at what point is Proud and Powerful going to become irrelevant? And you don't want them to be, and you're not, you're not gonna, they're not going to be irrelevant because they're just, no, by no. namesake alone, they're never going to be irrelevant. But I kind of get tired of watching the lack of aggressiveness and they're funny they're really funny they have they have such a they're such a multi-dimensional tag team they have great comedy chops they're very enjoyable in the inner circle the inner circle is very funny jake hager's very funny but jake hager's always advertised kind of as this badass he, he is the big hurt he's always advertised as the big hurt even though he does his little things 
Why? Proud and Powerful showed that aggressiveness and that aggressive nature against the Young Bucks in their feud. They attack him from behind. They would set up, you know, the street fight they had was great back in December. Why don't we have that? And for five months, obviously they were gone during quarantine, but for five months, essentially, we've just had comedy power powerful. No, I I know. Um, well, maybe this whole bit will allow us to kind of make that transition. So obviously to, to skip ahead, uh, best friends get the victory. Hell yeah. Another another win on their uh, on their AEW record, but, but Le Chris Champion is not happy with the baddest with man Orange on the planet, Cassidy. and Orange Cassidy gets fucking beaten to a pulp. Pun one hundred percent, absolutely intended. He gets, he gets pasteurized, and he's just a bleeding in the middle of the ring. Blood oranges, blood oranges, blood orange Cassidy. Um, that was a giant sack of oranges, by the way. That was the biggest that was sack, an of enormous sack of oranges I've ever seen. It was almost too many. It was like he was swinging that thing. It was almost too many oranges for him to lift up over his head. That so was like, an enormous amount of oranges. This was unsettling. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to see Orange Cassidy get beat like this. But maybe this will be the opportunity for Proud and Powerful to show that aggression. Uh, obviously, Best Friends is feuding with Inner Circle. Next week, we have Lay Sex Gods versus Best Friends putting their number one contendership on the line. Gonna be super pissed if Best Friends loses, but I'm thinking that this may be the opportunity to set up for Jericho Orange Cassidy at Fighter Fest. Yeah, it seems that direction. Um, yeah. But let's say that... Mike you know, Tyson, you can't put Mike Tyson on Fighter Fest. I know, I said that initially. We gotta w- keep that off till I said that, I've said that out. to you, and you're like, no, it's Fighter Fest. We fight. No, Ashley, come on. Well, we do, but this we have, we have sell that. That's a more important man. story right now. Um, but let's say that Best Friends gets the win. We get Orange Cassidy versus uh, Jericho at Fighter Fest. Best Friends win the belts. Who's to say they can't continue their their feud with uh, Proud and Powerful at that point or something like that? I, I don't guess, know. I kind of just fantasy booked there, but I mean, I guess in this in this instance, obviously, like Sex Cons, I like as a tag team. Also, they're not going to be best friends. Probably going to be the main event next week. Big Very match. Like Sex out. Cons versus Best Friends. I think it's going to be made. No, event. it's not because we have. Uh, the actual world tag team champions, Kenny and Hangman, versus... But is that, not a ma- is that a main event? I feel like there's going to be shenanigans involved in that because oh. of QT. So I feel like that's more of an opener. I mean, I guess it could be, but shouldn't the championship main event? Yeah, but it's all about what's going to... I guess I always... Yes, I agree with you. I think it should main event, but do you want the shenanigans to kind of take place during the main event if it's a shenanigan regarding Bunny and... QT, like he walks out or something on Dustin? The Bucks might open the show. Bunny's banned from ringside, I think. Uh, but we get the Young Bucks in action versus the Super Bad Death Squad. There's a lot of tag team action next week. It's all right. We got a lot of tag teams. Uh, I love it. No, this is this is great. It's <laughs> giving me anxiety, teams. but it's good because we're getting a lot of progression. You got a lot of progression, but you got a lot of tag teams, and I like the fact they're using them. We got three different tag team matches that involves six men. You get six people on the card. Yeah. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. Very competitive. But but I enjoyed this segment. The whole thing was an A. I enjoy setting I up Jericho versus also, Orange yeah. Cassidy. That's going to be a big, big money matchup. You got Orange, uh, what is it, Orange Sack on a pole? Someone said that to him, and he goes, maybe. Oh, God. I think someone that tweeted him or something, and they said, well, is it going to set up with you know, a sack of oranges on a pole match? And he goes, it might. It might. I'll watch it. My Our friend, our, our resident Orange Cassidy 
fan um, who also hates Jericho, but loves Jake Hager, and there's the the brother relationship right there, uh, was unsettled by the news of, of his, his boy getting beat down, but he would be excited. No, what about, what about Dustin and Greg handcuffed together on a forklift match? Oh, God. It can't happen at Firefest because they're fighting for the tag team titles. Not yet. But they... <laughs> Not yet. But then, but then Orange Cassidy versus Jericho wouldn't happen because Jericho and Sammy would be fighting for the tag titles. God, I'm going to will Dustin this Greg, into existence. Dustin and Greg handcuffed on a forklift match. In order to win them back off the forklift, you have to take the oranges off the pole. God. It's a terrible match. And WCW in 2001 would do it. Jesus. I'd watch the shit out of it. I would too, 100%. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say right here, this was, I think, all around one of the strongest wrestling shows AEW's put on in a, in a long while. Yeah, there was great matches. We, so far, everything that we've graded has been an A. So, yeah, I just yeah, I mean, you can't really go Top wrong. to bottom, a really strong uh, in-ring action, and that continued with our next matchup uh, with Sammy G versus Colt Cabana. Now, I know you're not the biggest Colt Cabana fan, but I thought this was another good match for Sammy. Sammy Guevara has done a fantastic job. He's been so consistent. He week has been after able week. to make all of these individuals, whether or not they're older, whether or not they're you know just just I don't I, again I I love guy I love dust doesn't age is not a factor to me as you know I say it all the time age does not exist to me I for sure. care less because think about in TNA Sting is tearing it up in his fifties. No one cares. No one cares. But Sammy Guevara has made so many people look so good that you just have to get I mean, the guy is coming into his own and is going to be a huge player for AEW in the future. Absolutely. Three years down the line, he's going to be a huge player. No, it's it's been such a treat to see, and it it puts us in a really unique position. All of us as fans, where you know we're watching these talents grow before our eyes i know i've said this many times before but it's going to be cool three years down the line to look back at you know like sammy versus colt or the first dynamite sammy versus cody to see like where he is then i, I think that's going to be really cool it's interesting when you watch the wcw2 it's kind of the same setup you have kind of you have to establish it 95 Nitro, you got a lot of guys people know the names of, you see Greg Valentine, you see Paul Orndorff, you see guys who people are familiar with going up against guys who you may not be familiar with. And now we're in the midst of 98, and Scott Steiner has spun off on his own. Remember, now Steiners came in, obviously the Steiners were a tag team, everybody knew who they were. But you come on, now Scott Steiner's got his own run, the Giant has got his own run, Kevin Nash is now a singles guy, of course Lex Luger's still around, my guy, but... He's still a singles guy, but Sting is now crossing like the development of the guys that you needed to have developed. Eddie Guerrero's running his own LWO. Yeah. Rey Mysterio's yeah. getting these big platforms. Chris Jericho's getting these big platforms. You're seeing all of these guys grow in front of your eyes as they take time to develop them. They also made major mistakes, like developing Wrath. But outside of that, Brian Adams wrestling every single week on television. I can't do it. I don't see it. Don't understand it. Can't fathom why this keeps happening. And what about me? What about Raven? He's right there. On I can't our television fucking do it. And I right cannot now. fucking do it anymore. Was this the stick? Was the whole goal for two straight years to just have Raven say that? 
because I can't watch it. I can't deal with Raven anymore. It's the same promo every single week for two years. Can't do it. Thank God we're not going in that direction. But back to Sammy. Um, I've really enjoyed all of his matches, and I'm excited for his future. Now, this this bit had a lot to unpack also, because we have Colt potentially joining the Dark Order. Uh, we got Sammy with his back and forth with Matt Hardy, which I know you commented on. They have fantastic chemistry together. Matt Hardy seems to have chemistry basically with everybody. This is true. He's come into AEW and he's worked well with everybody he's worked with. Very true. So I, you just got to give props to Matt Hardy. I mean, it's it, it's him. Guess so. He has this ability to kind of... You, we'll go back to the Sammy Colt match. It's, it's, it's just a C. I just don't like Colt. I don't want to watch him. I don't want to watch him. But Matt Hardy, he does everything really, really well character-wise where, you know, obviously the Proud and Powerful thing was great during the Stadium Stampede. The, the Sammy Guevara stuff is, is hilarious right now. He's kind of convincing him that Jericho is just leeching off of him. You know, it's, it's all very, very... The private party stuff is great. It's all very, very enjoyable. Matt Hardy has been excellent. Imagine that Matt builds his own faction of, of private party... He takes Sammy in. <laughs> he takes, like, the younger talents. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Why, why would we have... Uh, there's so many younger <laughs> talents. What if it's an eight-man group, just Matt Hardy? Just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he implores a, a, a unit of young elite... <laughs> I don't know what we would do with I don't want to call but... them elite, because I, I say elite, and then I go, well, can't you can't use say that, that. No. They, they exist, so I don't know how to... No, he's working with private party. He's trying to... Bring bring light to to Sammy with Jericho. That could be something. I don't know what the end game would be, but it would be something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do with him. I don't. I don't know what they're gonna do with Matt Hardy. But again, I think everything they have done with Matt Hardy has been good. So I don't know what the end game is. Like you said, I don't know if it's gonna set up for him to work that match against Jericho eventually. Possibly. Yeah. I, I was kind of looking forward to having like the deletion match with Jericho because that was kind of oh, a good that's feud. true. That's true. Yeah. So they I, I kind of wanted to see that happen. That. So maybe that's going to happen more toward, I guess, post Mike Tyson, because maybe that got put on the back burner Blood that Tyson came in. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's enjoyable nonetheless. Um, something else that was very enjoyable for me. I don't know about you was the Joey Janela video package to be continued with him riding off into the night with Sonny Kiss. I enjoyed the dynamic of Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. I, I love it. They pull up it. in this expensive convertible. And Sonny's like, Joey, what are you doing here? He jumps in, they're like, fuck it, drive. Joey's like, I've been and drinking. And it's almost like this, it's almost like a, Private Party meets Miami Vice meets, like, Joey Janela's Spring Break. Yeah. And it kind of all encompasses it together. It and It works, works. so I, I well. I don't know what direction they're going in, but it's intriguing. <laughs> I want to watch it what It really happens. is, yeah. Um, it, it was to be continued. It, it was short and sweet, but this was something that really caught my attention. And... You know, you, you, you go back to the comment you made about Kip Sabian and, and Jimmy Havoc where, you know, the, the the teaming works because obviously we have a story with their friendship, but it gives them a way to get involved right now. And I feel like this could be a really good way to get Janela and, and Sonny Kiss involved because 
they're not doing much right now and they have a lot to offer oh but yeah this dynamic was just something that it was really not something worked I expected, for me but it was something that just had so many things going on i didn't know where we were gonna go no and you know what just get in and let's go and that's what Sonny, and they just that's drive what off. Said. it and was what they did it was perfect i loved it <laughs> Um, I'm glad that you agreed there, because I know that you don't love yourself some Janela, but... Uh, he's not wrestling, so it's fine. Could be. Um, moving on, uh, after that we had the Moxman getting beat up by Brian Cage. What the hell? Yeah, again, it's one of those segments where it's the same stuff that Moxley's been doing. So, so people, again, it's short-sighted. It, the quarantine kind of threw everybody off. Again, remember, Moxley lives across the entire country from where it's being taped. So do the Young Bucks. So during the quarantine time, they weren't around. NSCU. NSCU, they weren't around because they live 2,500 miles away from where it's being taped. Not easy to get there. So Moxley's title reign is it disappointing. And Moxley's title reign never had a chance to get off the ground. I know. So now we're starting to see kind of this, all right, Brian Cage, got this aggressiveness, got Taz. I'm sure he was going to face, they were still working the inner circle against Moxley. So I don't know if it was going to be Jericho. Obviously, Jake Hager did get the title shot, so maybe it was always going to be Jake Hager. Mm -hmm. But you got Brian Cage coming in. Obviously, of course, we've raved about them. We raved about Taz. We raved about the quality that they produced as a duo, as a manager, superstar duo. And Brian Cage looked super aggressive. Kind of like Lance Archer. Looked super aggressive. Yeah. Beat the crap out of Moxley. Threw him on top of the car. Shattered the window. And Moxley's going to get up, spit some glass out, and get back to battling. Yeah. I mean, he's, that's how he's you... He's a good champion. That's how you got to try to take down Mox, though. I mean, you got to be aggressive. You got to be very physical. And you got to play dirty. You're not going to beat him in a clean fight, I feel like. You're not. You're not going to beat him. Maybe he holds the belt through all hell. He might need it. He is kind of their their resident star. No, he definitely is. And as we had talked about with uh, with Nyla Rose's reign, also the quarantine has been uh, a bit of a of a like injustice, I guess. But I guess with Moxley, different than Nyla, I feel Nyla's position being the dominant powerhouse, she can get the belt back at any time. This is true. Very true. With Moxley, of course, he's unhinged. He's on the fringe. I think he kind of needs to wait until we can get back to normal to kind of drop this title. We, we kind of can't just decide, you know what, we're going to take the title off Mox because it isn't working. It's not that it's not working. We haven't had the opportunity to make it work. Yeah. And I'm sure there was a gear up for about six months from now, probably all out, where he was going to drop a title to somebody. Maybe one of the, maybe the Kenny or Hangman, you know, that situation. Yeah, but I don't know. I think in this regard, I don't, I just think run with it. Run with it so that we can see if we can get Moxley back on track again. Now that he's going to be yeah, around, just, not, just run with it. I'm not itching for a new world champion right now. No, I'm just itching to see the world champion wrestle. Agreed. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm itching for. Yeah. He defended against Hager, though. He, he defended did. against Brody Lee. He's probably going to defend against Brian Cage. So he'll get oh, a couple wow. of good defenses that has in. been... It's just yeah. he has that match, and then, uh, unfortunately, that's what he has, and then he was gone for four weeks, so with a couple of vignettes. Yeah. We just love Mox. <laughs> we just want to see Mox. That's it. But that should be a very physical match, and I think I said this last week. I'll say it again. 
everything that they're doing with the the Brian Cage, Taz, and Mox buildup, I'm intrigued more and more, and I think it's going to be good shit. But this brings us to the main event of the evening, uh, the TNT Championship, Cody versus Marquen. So people had wondered why Marquen got the opportunity. I'm going to counter with this one. Why not? Yeah. Why can't we see if Hager, which I just spoiled the end of it, but wow. I did. I just ruined it. I, I apologize. We'll, we'll see if Hager can come out with the title, but if he doesn't, why can't we see, like, Santana or Ortiz? It doesn't matter. I, I, you know, we've talked about this. You mentioned it the most. You like to see a platform where the member of a tag team gets an opportunity to show what they have. Absolutely. I'd never seen Marquen in singles action. Um, we really got introduced to Private Party through AEW. So uh, I'm recently familiar with their work. And I thought this was a great platform for him. He main evented Dynamite. It was a solid B. And I think there were many people that kind of wondered why. I mean, listen, in WCW, it, this is a television title. As much as this is the mid-card title, the upper mid-card title, however you want to you you categorize it, it is a television title. And in the history of television titles, they face historically every week against different competitors, competitors who may have earned opportunities or may have looked like they earned opportunities. Mark Quinn was beating the crap out of a teddy bear. He earned this opportunity, man. But he had a great match. Truthfully, he had a great match in the buy-in at Double or Nothing. Private Party finally gets back. We get to see them come back around again. And because even before the quarantine, we were kind of missing in action a little bit. Yeah. You get them out there. You give them a platform, like you said. And Mark Wen gets the opportunity to go against Cody. And Mark Wen, high-flying. Energy. There's so much. But Private Party in general is New just so song. fun to watch. New theme song. Shout out to Mikey Ruckus. I don't know if Mikey made this one. Oh, maybe he lost his other one. Maybe he's sad. Gotta check in on him. Gotta see what's going on. No, I, I was being discussed, and I just... I I can't remember. I don't know if he made this one. Poor Mikey. Did but he make Mikey the first Ruckus, one? But Mikey Ruckus... Yes, I believe so. Oh, that's sad. But he makes... I turned on him. Really awesome theme songs. The yeah, AW's theme, theme Mikey songs Ruckus are makes, fucking makes jams. makes great theme songs. AW has some great theme songs. They have unique theme songs. They have words, which I appreciate. No, they... <laughs> Yes, they do have lyrics, but even the ones that don't, they're just, they're so in tune to the the characters and the wrestlers, and it adds a whole level well, of I depth. I thought this was I, great. I, I thought they, they both came out, felt important, that the theme song kind of made them feel like a single, it almost felt like a single song, but it felt good to me. They were there, yeah. match was solid between Cody, and then you had Hager show up at the end, um... We had a friend of ours, though, during this match, I'll, I'll point this out. A friend of ours goes, man, the amount of punishment that Cody takes in these matches to put over these guys. You know, the amount of punishment that he's taking, the types of spots he took, that, that massive splash outside the ring on the, on the rampway that yeah. Cody took. I mean, just the punishment he puts himself through. He said he's going to cut a schedule. That's been very physical. But you know what? He may not make it at a fighter fest. Because Cody versus Hager at fighter fest is something that, truthfully... I think it would be bigger for Hager to win. Because imagining Hager wrestling guys that we have not seen him wrestle because he hasn't wrestled much, but seeing Hager go up against guys like that could be a totally different dynamic. Hager versus Mark Quinn would be unique. Hager versus Darby Allen would be unique. It would definitely create unique matchups, and I think it'll bring a, not relevancy, but a new level to the inner circle. Because it would. they it would don't be a, different have a champion dynamic right Because now. he would be the champion. Mm-hmm. 
And Hager getting that opportunity, I, I think it's a good platform for him to kind of bring him back into relevance. Because, I mean, he did have a feud with Dustin. He did face against Dustin at Revolution. I enjoyed that match, Swagger mm-hmm. Nation. But when everything's all said and done, you got to kind of keep Hager in that relevant role. And he did lose to Moxley a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So now maybe Hager does beat Cody. It's a TV title. It can move hands. There's no reason why it can't. Assuming Cody, of course, is still champion come Fighter Fest. Yeah, he's, he's facing somebody next week they have announced yet. Have it's not... an outside of the company. So, open challenge. Um, no, no announcement. We don't know who it's going to be. I guess it could be someone outside the company. He said it was open to anyone. I thought this one was going to be. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it won't be. Maybe it will be. What would your pick be? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know who's out there right now. NWA guy, maybe? I, I mean, the New Japan is coming back. So I'm, I'm sure that New Japan, and, I, and I, I thought you had seen this, New Japan had run a taping in California. It was Young Lions. TJ Perkins, Rocky Romero was also a part of it. It's a bunch of the Young Lions. They may be, that may be the surprise show that we get on the 15th. I have zero idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't hear about that. So they, so they did a, a taping in California of the Young Lions. I think it's called like Lions Breakout or some, something like that. And it's got a bunch of the Young Lions. They have Rocky Romero. They got TJ Perkins, a bunch of other guys there. In California, they, fan, they filmed this. So this may be the, the surprise New Japan of America return. It, I believe it's being filmed as a New Japan of America show, which kind of hints, again, I've said this before, it kind of shows that they're not going to be pairing with any other company right now. So, with the New Japan of America, if that's going to come back, we'll see that happen. So, I don't think it's going to be a New Japan guy. And I'm not quite familiar right now with what's going on with some of the people in Impact. Maybe they have availabilities. I don't know. NWA, I believe, is like the only thing outside of Ring of Honor. Could be Marty Skrull. Could be Marty Skrull. Could be Flip Gordon. Could be guys like that. Could be Jay Lethal. Could be anybody. I don't know. I don't know. I I do not know. I do not think it will be a New Japan wrestler. They are coming back. They are geared. They're focused on themselves. Okada said last night in a person-to-person conversation, are you looking to potentially face Kenny Omega again in AEW? And he said no. Oh. So I think that kind of closes the door on any of that stuff. I trust Okada. I believe Okada. But with that, this match ended all right. I gave the match a B. I thought the match was a good platform for Mark Quinn. It was interesting that it main evented because of the, I guess, the title match. Again, like you said, yeah. t- title match, main events, good platform for them, title match, main events. I just felt like maybe FTR could have main evented just because I think that was such an impactful, meaningful match. I thought it was a great way to open the show. But it was a good way yeah. to open the show. I, th- I thought Cody could open the show with Mark Quinn, but in great too. But title match, main events, maybe title match or main event next week too with Cody. But there's two title matches next week. There are. So we'll see how that goes. But now New Japan Cup. Let's talk a little bit about that. We talked about it in the beginning. Let's talk about what they're going to get back to. So it's kind of resident individuals who I guess who are staying in Japan. It seems like on the cup. Yeah. So, so you're going to get a lot of guys who are classic styles. Classic stars meets new stars. Some really, really, really good matchups. Uh, unfortunately, no Osprey, no Jay White, guys like that, no Tamatanga. But unfortunately, we'll get them back. No Kenta, we'll get them back. But you got Shingo Takagi, you got Sonata, Evil, you got everybody. Huge lineup. And even though there's matches like Okada versus Gato and Jato 
is having a chance to be in the New Japan Cup. Jado versus Yano. Oh my god. 31 fucking years, this business. This business. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, the first round matchups you got, we've uh, Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. I know that was a previous match. That was a match in 2019 that I loved. It was, that was on Wrestling Dantaku. Yeah. I believe, yeah. I, th- I, I think it was, it was Wrestling Dantaku. Uh, Taguchi versus Sonata, Sho versus Shingo, uh, Yo versus Bushi, Kojima versus Evil. And again, I might be the only guy that's such a huge Bushi fan. And, might be and Yo. And so you're putting him with Yo. That's a matchup for you, yeah. That's a me match. Maybe it's because Bushi wears a mask. For some reason, I just like, like Rey Mysterio, I love the masks. I love wrestlers that wear a mask. I love wrestlers that wear a mask that are not fuzzy. I don't like fuzzy masks. I feel like that... It gets sweaty. Like, I don't want to touch it. You know, like, Tiger Mask, he's got, like, the fuzz. Like, I feel like that would be awkward. No? Like, you got no shirt on, you grab him in, like, a headlock, he's got, like, a tickle on you. I don't know, I don't, it, it throws, like, the fake hair thing throws me off. Like Liger? Yeah, it's mm. fake hair. It th- it, like, the fact that I know it's fake makes me so uncomfortable. Interesting. There's something about <laughs> that fake that I don't like. So because Bushi's just got, like, a regular mask, all for it. I'm really looking forward to the New Japan Cup. Um, we've been watching some old New Japan World matches uh, these past few nights, just kind of killing time. And you made a comment yesterday. We were watching a four or five man Bullet Club versus Chaos, and you're like, you're "Like, wow, this is so good!" And it's like you get yeah. such. It was just like a Kirk and Hall match, and it was awesome. Just the quality of New Japan matches is top of the game and the cinematography so good and the cinematography for sure the camera cutting is excellent they find the right spots but this is really really good matchups and I guess the winner will face Tetsuya Naito at Dominion for both belts or one belt ooh don't know so it could be Takahashi that that was the setup Takahashi was going to be going against Naito at some point Mm -hmm. so maybe they're going to do that I don't know what I can say is that my pick is going to be Okada Oh, of course. And a rematch against Naito, and then he'll win to get the belt back. So it, it'll be fine. It'll all be fine at the end of the day. Everything will come back full circle. I'm going to pick Shingo Takagi. LIJ is such a diverse group. Where oh, each shit. Individual... He is an LIJ. Yeah, but the thing is, they face each other. And each individual is so unique in their own way where they have their own platform to be successful we were talking about that the other day it's like, like they have a group so of like six talented. main eventers yeah no matter if they're juniors outside she goes a heavyweight no he, no he is but but Takahashi is a junior right. and so is Bushi but you have these this group where it's like each one of these guys is so unique in their own way that they can be main eventers on a show and give you a five star match yeah no matter if I like L.I.J. or not, I think that they are the most complete faction when you look at it in the perspective of each one of them could be a world champion if given the opportunity. I think that's a fair assessment, and you also do like L.I.J. Well, they have Sonata. You, I feel like you like everyone in L.I.J., except your chaos, because Okada. I don't know if I like the L.I.J. like heel face tweener kind of thing they got going on. I don't know if I like the, like, attitude. The, like, the Tetsuya Naito, like, edgy, kind of, like, punk-ass attitude. I don't know if I like that. 
for some reason in Japan it kind of, I like it in America, but in Japan it kind of comes off as like non-traditional. I don't like that. But I like all the guys. Sonata looks good in a suit. I like evil, and I like Shingo. Both good choices. I'm a Bullet Club girl. We don't have a lot of Bullet Club in this uh, New Japan Cup. We got Yujiro Takahashi. We got Taiji Ishimori. Well, oh, we got Gato and Jado, too. So we're actually... <laughs> That's we're strong. First round losses. But Taiji oh, Ishimori, man. who's like... I just only... I mean, that's like my Mark Wahlberg. But Taji Ishimori... Who's he facing? Ishimori is going to be facing Gabriel Kidd. I don't know who that is, but a good win. And who's he facing next round? <laughs> I'm throwing it out. I don't care about Gabriel Kidd. We're going over. It'll be uh, either y- Yumira or Kanemaru. So probably Kanemaru. That would be a good match. I-, I support Taji Ishimori as another guy who I-, I really like a lot. So Ishimori, El Phantasmo tag team, I was a big fan of. Uh, me too. So like I- Ishimori is a guy I-, 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 I support him. Underrated, I feel like. Very. I- I'm, a- I'm a big fan of the junior heavyweight Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. His body, his physique just looks like Mark Wahlberg. I don't know why. He just got like he got like the same haircut, he's got like the same physique, and just like junior heavyweight Marky Mark. <laughs> I don't I don't know what it is, I see it. Nobody else is oh. gonna see it except me. You've been saying that since I just, like the I, very I see it. beginning. He walks out and I see it. It's like you know, they used to compare John Cena to Mark Wahlberg. You're like, no no, move over. I think over, it's the Cena. Boston and the body thing. No, no, no. Move <laughs> over Cena. It's Taj Give me Ishimori. Taiji Ishimori. No, but this this is I think gonna be a really fantastic tournament. Um, very excited. I'm, I'm excited to just have New Japan to cover again. Well, it's been yeah, so next week long. is going to be big. We'll be able to cover it on the next podcast. We're trying to space the podcasts out. We have been spacing them out. We're trying to do them a full week. We're giving the platform to social media. Next week, we'll try to get it out a little earlier because we want to cover what's going on in New Japan. Also, we don't want to wait too long. Got a big AEW Dynamite and a lot of great matches. So we're going to try to get out a little earlier than what we have been doing. And maybe Friday or Saturday as opposed to Because we want to make sure we get this New Japan on. People are excited. We want to watch New Japan. We've been waiting for a while to get back to it. Now we're excited. It's kind of like the opposite. We started the podcast. We were excited to talk about AEW. It was brand new. New Japan, it's almost like they needed the hiatus. They come back fresh, recharged. Distance makes the heart grow fonder, people. They got a great first round matchups. They got great first round matchups. They have a great New Japan Cup tournament as a whole. Got a lot of great talent in it. Looking forward to it. Very much looking forward to it. So on that note, uh, let us know what you guys are looking forward to. What matchups are you excited for? Who's your pick to win? Um, And yeah, anything New Japan, anything AEW, hit us up. We are at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter. Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram and Dojo and Dynamite at gmail.com. Questions, comments, feedback, anything at all. Just let us know. Let's talk, guys. Uh, but with that, thank you all so much for listening, as always. We will be back later this week with another episode. Thanks, guys.